0: Welcome home, family. This is Living Free Being Me. My name is Marissa, and I'm here to guide you into living a life where you feel completely safe as you embrace, embody, and express your full authentic self. And here, this is where we dive deep into the realness of life. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Living Free, Being Me, Exo, the official podcast. I'm so excited that you are here this week. This week is such an important conversation to have. And like I've mentioned before, I really am looking to keep these as short and sweet as possible because I know how our attention spans work. And I know that we all have very busy lives. However, this episode may run a little bit longer just because there is a lot to dive into here and I want to give it the time and energy and space that this conversation deserves to have. So what are we talking about? This week, we are talking about Rebuilding Relationships, Health and Body Image Edition. So we all can agree that the idea of what healthy is and the idea of what a perfect ideal body image is has all over the place out there right we have all of these ideas that are given to us as we're growing up and as we're in our adult stage of our life and it's confusing as hell i will be the first one to admit it it is very very confusing when it comes to what is right and what is wrong. And what do we do with all of the different diets that are thrown our way? What should we eat? What should we do with our body? How much should we move our body? Should we track everything that we eat? What are we drinking, right? What is it that's the best image for us to be based on our height and our age and our BMI, right? Like all of these figures and stats and ideas are thrown at us all of our lives and it is no wonder that so many of us struggle with loving and accepting ourselves because that's always the first step it's loving ourselves for who we are right here in this moment even if the physical appearance that we see isn't what we desire it to be because that can change right one of the only constants in life that we know Or a fact that is going to continue to happen is change. And so you aren't doomed, you aren't stuck, you aren't, you know, like trapped by your genetics or your DNA or what runs in your family. There's a lot that we're going to dive into in this episode. And so what we're going to cover is I, of course, am always going to give you my personal backstory because I think it's very important for you to understand where I stand, how I grew up, things that I went through. So we'll go through how did I get here, what my medical history is, and all of that different type of stuff. Because it's important for me to share it so that you can understand that I am a real person. And there's a lot of things that a lot of us deal with every single day that we don't share, and that we don't advertise. And that if sometimes people knew, they may be like, oh, wow. Yeah, they do deal with a lot. And maybe I judge too quickly without really taking a second to think about, oh, that person's a real person too. Right. And so we'll talk about diet culture and scale obsessions because I am raising my hand over here. Trust me, I am definitely guilty of falling into the traps of diet culture and being obsessed with the scale. So we'll talk about all of that. We will talk about a new paradigm and what I currently, am believing in and choosing to use in my life. And I will share that information with you just so you have it, right? Just so you can have more information and that will lead us into how we'll wrap up this episode, which will be just about making informed decisions. And what does that mean? And what does that look like for you specifically? Because we're all so different. We're all so unique. We all have so many different things that have happened to us and that are going on within our bodies And whether we know it or not, right, the body keeps the score. And so recognizing where we've started from, where we've been and where we want to go is really important when we talk about health and when we talk about body image and and accepting who we are in its full capacity, because we talk about that a lot in the health and wellness industry and in spirituality and in the woke world, right? We talk about really loving ourselves and A lot of people may put up the front that they do love themselves and what they advertise to you. But what's really important is not all of that. It's not the glitz and glamour. It's not the social media post. It's what do you think of yourself behind closed doors when you're alone, naked in front of the mirror, right? Like when you're getting ready to get into the shower and you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror, what's the first type of thought that comes to your mind? And that's what's really important for us to work and to build on, because that is what true love and acceptance is of ourselves. It's not shaming ourselves. It's not looking at ourselves in a negative light. It's accepting and embracing and embodying all of who we are. So how did I get here? And what is Marissa's right health history? Why do I have any way to be able to speak about any of this with you thinking, okay, maybe she kind of knows what she's talking about. So Brief synopsis cliff notes version on kind of what I have gone through as I have grown up, which has had me question a lot because that's kind of what happens, right? We go through experiences that cause us to have questions and have new desires and that's how things change and that's how we learn things. So some of this information is like hearsay secondhand from my parents, right? Because it started when I was super, super young. Okay, so from what I have been told and what I, with the stories that I have been given, is that when I was really young, um, like pretty much from birth, um, the first five years of my life, I had a lot of medical issues. And I was misdiagnosed for five years with kidney reflux disease, which left massive scarring on my kidneys and caused a lot of things that a lot of kids don't even have to think about, right? Like I really had to pay attention to my hydration and my health because I could overheat very quickly. Like normal kids could go outside and run around and play for hours on end, right? They make it hot and sweaty and stuff, but I could overheat much, much quicker than them. You could see it in my cheeks, right? I really had to pay attention to that. And then on top of that, (laughs) what else I had running in my favor is that from my medical history in my family, cardiac disease runs very heavily um, on both sides, but a big part of that is really on my mom's side of the family. And so I spent the majority of my childhood in doctor's offices and getting tests done and doing lots of things that a lot of kids um, don't even really think about in the Western culture, right? they go outside, they play these days, kids play with iPads, right. And be on their phones and whatnot. That's a whole nother conversation. But for me, I was getting tests done related to kidney reflux, which are really uncomfortable and really hard tests to have done, especially if you're a child, like a million times harder if you're a child. And there's so much like ingrained in me from all of that, that I am still working on unraveling and working through because of how much of an impact it had on me. I also had to wear heart monitors as I was growing up because of some of the things that I was told by doctors that I had. So for example, mitral valve prolapse. Um, One of the, you have valves right in your heart and they control the flow of the blood that runs through your heart. And so the mitral valve in my heart has a prolapse which means that instead of opening and closing like a swinging door would, it does like a little wave. And so that can cause issues. So if I ever went to the dentist, I had to take four amoxicillin an hour before, just in case someone nicked me right in my mouth while they were working and I could get an infection. So the amoxicillin was a proactive measure that we took so that that didn't happen. So that happened when I went to the dentist or when I went to the orthodontist because I had my head braces in middle school. Then when I grew up, right, as I was getting older, anytime I wanted to get my ears pierced or get a tattoo, right, this was always like what was told for me that I needed to do. And so I had all of that growing up. And you can imagine as a kid, when you have to wear a heart monitor to school, it's really, really fucking embarrassing, especially back in the 90s, because today technology is totally different, but I had to literally wear like a fanny pack with wires connecting to the fanny pack in up through my shirt and onto my body. And I had to, you know, still be a kid, but still manage to like keep this hooked up all the time. And kids are not always nice, right? They're going to point and make fun and have jokes and say things behind your back. And so it did a real deal on me. And so this is literally like my entire childhood. And it played a really big role into my health and what I thought about myself. I always thought that like there was just something inherently wrong with me. Like I had all of these problems. Like, why was I born with all of these problems? It didn't, it just didn't make any sense. Like, why couldn't I just like be okay? Like, why did I have to come into this world with all of this stuff already working against me? And so it really was a lot. And then in middle school, not middle school, high school, excuse me. I had some other really weird stuff happen. And to this day, knowing no doctor has been able to really tell me what it is, I went to so many doctors, I went to neurologists. And so, like, I don't even want to dig into that too deep. But what happened was, is basically if I reached a point of maximum stress where there was just too much going on in my life and I wasn't coping with it at all or in a healthy way or really at all. I mean, that's the point. My body would just max out and I would pass out and it could happen at any point. It happened in doctor's offices. It happened on kitchen counters. It happened when I was trying to make ice cream. I mean, it would happen. It was scary, right? I would be like, feel really, really weird. And like I was losing control and I would just black out. And so it does, it has still happened in my adult life. It's very, very rare that that happens. It's just when, again, I allow myself to get pushed really, really far in stress, in that fight or flight, in that adrenaline, just dump, 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 dump. My body just is like, okay, no, you need a break. And it just makes me take a break, seriously. Um, So yeah, there's all of that that has been running in my life on top of all of the programming from society growing up on what is healthy and what beautiful meant i mean we all saw the magazines we all saw the cosmos and the teen pops and all of the magazines that came out with the images of women on the front cover that showed you what was good enough to be on the front cover of a magazine and then it would tell you, you know, on page 47, here's the, you know, the new tips and tricks to get the right booty, or here's the new tips and tricks to get that six pack right before summer. I mean, this is what I grew up with. We all grew up with this. And sometimes I look at the world now and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I could grow up in this. Cause it's like so much worse in my opinion, but every generation deals with their own programming and their own societal influences. And it's not just society. It's what examples do we have as we're growing up of what being healthy is of what taking care of yourself is and again I'm never going to want to say that like I look at things negatively or pass blame or I think badly about those that were raising me especially my parents right they were only doing the best they could with what they had right in their tool belt and you know growing up my it's not like we had a lot of like conversations about what healthy was. It was more so related to all of my medical issues. (laughs) Right. And so I would, you know, be focused on that. And then I'd be focused on the magazines and I'd be focused on like what all the girls at school looked like. Right. Like, were they bigger than me? Were they smaller than me? Right. Like, especially when we would go to like PE, right. Like the girls that could actually do pull-ups, like I felt like, an idiot because I couldn't do a fucking pull-up in elementary school I mean like think about that I understand that it was with the right intentions and that it wasn't ever to really make kids feel bad about themselves but those tests that we took when we were younger in school that made us do these competitions almost in front of everybody of, you know, the 50 yard dash and right, like the long jump and then, you know, the pull ups or the chin ups and all of these things. It was embarrassing if you didn't perform as good as like the best performer in that category, like you felt really bad about yourself and, you know, it just it, it didn't help us as we were growing up and. I would see, you know, my mom and wanting to continue to keep herself in a way that felt good to her. But, you know, there were these, I remember these specifically, I'd always like steal them sometimes from her and try not to like, let her know. Or like, if she had one in the car, I'd like take a bite if she got out of the car. But there were these little special K bars, but they were like diet bars. And like, that was like what her breakfast was. And so I don't know how deep all of that runs, but I know that it made an impact, right? I know that I was really brought up to no fault of anyone, right? Everyone was doing the best they could and with love that they could in raising me, but like comparing myself to everybody else, it was always just this comparison game. And was I healthy enough? Was I pretty enough? Was I thin enough? Did my, were my boobs big enough? Was my butt big enough? Right. Were my thighs like touching or like, were they too big or did I have cankles? That was a huge thing when I was growing up. Like all the guys had all these jokes about girls that had like, you know, cankles and things. And you just like obsess over everything and growing up and just, really being focused on all of that especially in high school I was a cheerleader in high school so there's all of those pressures as well and fitting into the uniforms and not being the biggest girl on the team and you know I was a base and I really would sit in my strength in that and say you know it's my legs I'm so strong in my legs and all of this stuff and I would write stories for myself which would help me not feel bad because I couldn't be in the air and then when I felt like you know I wasn't fit enough to do everything that the next level of cheerleading would be on top of all of the drama that cheerleading is, right? (laughs) I quit cheerleading. There was just, it was just too much. And high school is a mess. It really fucks with you and your brain and your, your worth, right? It's, it's a hard time to be in. I don't know if I would go, but, um, you know, I, I, found this guy in high school and we ended up dating and we were in you know, college together. And then we got engaged and we got comfortable. And I kind of was just like, okay, well, I got my guy. I got engaged and I'm good to go. And so I really just kind of like gave up on giving a shit on focusing on all of what I was eating and how much I was working out and all of these things, because you know, even growing up, my parents would take us to the gym as, you know, to work out and to do these things. We'd go to the Y as a family and we'd go swimming and we did all of these activities. They kept us very, very active. But once I left home, once I moved out and moved in with my boyfriend and then my fiance, right? Like that kind of just went out the door and I gained a lot of weight and I got very, very unhealthy. This was um, when in the last episode, when we were talking about my grandparents, transitioning and moving on to the next phase of their journey right in 2012 that summer um I really kind of found myself like looking in the mirror I was like oh and like I got on the scale and it was like over 200 pounds it was humbling beyond belief and I really couldn't even believe that I had allowed myself to get that big like I had always in my head, made jokes about people that were over 200 pounds. Like, how do you get that? How do you get that big and just not know? Well, I was one of those people now. I was one of those people. And I didn't know what to do. And I just needed like a quick start to to help me because I knew that something had to change, right? I, I said, right, they're, they're passing, they're transitioning, they're dying so that it hits home with you. When they died, it really started to bring a whirlwind into my life and started me, started having me question a lot and look at things a lot differently, right? Death will do that to you. And so I wanted to get healthy. And so I found a company, a lot of, you know, of them, and I'm not going to bash them. I am going to mention them because if you're on a journey and you need a quick jump start and you need some help with getting some of your health in order, I think it's a great option. I don't think it's something that I could commit to um, for the rest of my life. And so that's why I don't participate in this any longer, but I found Herbalife and it was a great community. I had a lot of support from them and the people that I was interacting with. And it helped me in that point in my time, I was working a corporate job and I was very, very busy and I was married and I was, you know, still trying to party and do all these things and eat what I wanted to eat. Right. I didn't want to give up like, you know, when I got off work because I would work a late shift one to 10. I'd get off work. I'd go to Applebee's with, you know, my husband at that point and um, our coworkers and we'd get two for ones and we'd get half off appetizers, right? Like I didn't want to give all of that up, but I wanted to feel better. And so I was doing all of the shakes and I was taking all of the tablets and I was going to all of the conventions and I was really committed to it. I mean, I was advertising it as something that completely changed my life which it did. It really, really did. It helped me kick off this weight loss, this new journey of figuring out what health was to me, what loving myself was, and how to rebuild that relationship with myself. And it was a great kickoff. It really, really was. But I have to be honest with you, it was just another program. It was, if I had some pizza, I needed to take a couple cheat pills so that my body wouldn't absorb the fat from the pizza and it would just pass right through. And like, it didn't like those connections in my brain weren't really there yet. They weren't firing enough for me to be like, well, wait, like maybe I just shouldn't eat the pizza, but that's not where I was. And I, I wanted to do this and I lost a lot of weight. I did. I lost a lot of weight and I was very, very, very obsessed with the scale. Like I would weigh myself. All the time. And I don't mean like every day. I mean like multiple times a day. I mean like when I woke up, after I went to the bathroom, after I took a shower, after I got home from work, like it would dictate what I did all the time because I was chasing a number. I was chasing 130 pounds. I wanted to be 130 pounds. I believed that once I hit 130 pounds, I would be good. Like, okay, now I'm here and I'm good to go and I'm fine. And that's it. All of my (laughs) worries about being fat are gone. I'm going to be beautiful. I'm going to be skinny. I'm going to fit into, you know, the size two pants that I want to, like, I made all of this up in my head. I'm going to look fantastic in a bikini. I'm going to love everything. And I was obsessing over it. I obsessed over how much I ate. I obsessed over everything. I posted about it, right? It was like, in my mind at that point, it was my accountability, but it, it was really just this, this (laughs) mindset that had taken over me that like if I could at least just stick to this plan then at least I was doing something right because remember I had all this stuff going on right and we'll go into it in another episode but like I did you know I got married and I went through you know a few good years of marriage but things just didn't, we started to grow up and there was a whole lot going on in that arena of my life as well. And that had a lot to do with how much I was eating and how worthy I felt, like how good I felt about myself. It was really, really questioning my worth and questioning, you know, was I ever going to be like healthy enough or pretty enough or skinny enough or just attractive enough to anybody, even my husband at the point, right? I just didn't i was obsessing over everything the programming was so real and it was so deep and it took over so much of me and my life and just everything that i was doing it was crazy now, like i look back at it now and i'm i'm so grateful for that time in my life and for the experiences that i had and for the people and for the opportunities because they were beautiful and i've made great connections, even some that I don't really keep up with these days. But at that point in time, there were connections that I needed in order to get through that stage of my life. And so for that, I'll forever be grateful for Herbalife. And I will never say, you know, don't do it. It just doesn't fit into my life anymore, right? There's so many companies out there. There are so many, you know, programs and shakes and pills and tablets and patches and all of these things that you can do. And you can do those things if that's what works for you. And that's what feels good to you. There's just two things that I want to say on that. One, as long as you don't hate or shame anybody else that's not in your little group, right? If there are people that are in Herbalife that aren't in, you know, the airborne community, right? Like, just stay in your community and don't hate on the other community. There's no reason to do this right comparison game. Like I was talking about before, if this is your click and this is your lifestyle that you're choosing, and this is the path that you want to go down and you want to live, do that, do that by all means, commit yourself to that, love yourself through that, but don't compare yourself and don't like knock on other people. There's no reason to do that. Right. And I'll talk about that in a little, little bit, um, how that relates to kind of like where I am and you'll understand, but just, but just be nice. Right. And just focus on what's important to you. And if you reach out to people and they want to, you know, you want them to join the community that you're in or the group that you're in or the company that you, you know, participate with, and they don't want to, or they decline, don't bully them or give them a hard time or tell them like what they should be doing or anything like that. Like, Just give them the love that they need, right? And if that is not the opportunity for them, that is not the opportunity for them. Everyone's different. Everyone needs a different journey. Everyone needs different things to help them along their journey. And so if what you're advertising, what you're selling, what you're offering isn't resonating with someone, it's not personal. It has nothing to do with you. And it doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. So I just want to put that out there, right? Like I don't hate on any of these companies or these programs or these communities. I think that everyone is doing what they think is the right thing to help the world become a better place. And so if that is what your goal is, just continue to do that. Be, let that be your focus. And then that will drive all of your success, all of your happiness, really. What you give into the world is what you receive. It's the law of attraction, right? It's just it's just what it is. Okay. So obviously things changed for me. That's why I wanted to say all those caveats and the new paradigm. So here's what happened. And people ask me all the time now that meet me and know what my lifestyle is and what I advocate for and recommend just for people to take into consideration. They're just like, well, how did this, you know, how did you go from this to that? And I'm like, well, it's actually, you know, it's kind of like a funny story. So I had a cat that was like my best friend um her name was Emma and if you know like anything about me in the last you know 15 years you know a lot about Emma I talk about her from time to time and she comes to visit me still but she um was with me through my marriage and through my separation and through my divorce and after my divorce she ended up Getting very, very sick. And um we had, uh, I had come to the decision that the best thing for me to do for her was to, you know, help her with her transition. Um, because keeping her around um would be very selfish of me. And I had too much love for this soul to do that. Um I try not to get emotional because Emma's like my heart. So when that was happening, um, my mom actually took her to the vet to have that happen. Um, I just, there's no way I could have done it. And I'm so grateful for my parents to this day for helping me with all of the things that they have helped me get through. Um, and so on that day, when I knew that it was happening, I had to distract myself. Like I was like, I cannot sit here and just like sit in this mind fuck of what's going on with her right now. And so what I decided to do was distract myself with TV because that's what most of us do, right? We turn on Netflix and we binge watch stuff to just disconnect from our life and the world because it's easier, right? To just disconnect. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's okay. So I couldn't find anything that I really wanted to watch. Like comedies just weren't funny. Romance, romance, oh, Marissa, romantic movies, romance. There we go. Just not feeling that either right like nothing was feeling good action didn't feel good sci-fi didn't feel good nothing felt good and so then I was like all right let's just documentaries so I went to documentaries and you know I'm going through all the documentaries and I'm like I don't know what to watch I don't know what to watch and so I ended up finding what the health which is obviously a documentary on like health and wellness and food and stuff like that and um, I got like instantly sucked in. And I'm watching it and it's talking about all of this stuff that relates to, you know, our planet and our bodies and the animals themselves and all of this stuff related to what we eat and our diet and the food that we consume. And I really had like this come to Jesus moment, right? I was raised in the church, so I still use these sayings, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, literally crying, not because of Emma. I'm literally crying because of what I'm seeing these animals go through to make it onto somebody's plate. And my heart is breaking for these animals. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I, how can I literally sit here and watch this and have my heart break over these animals and then know at the same time that my heart is literally breaking because of Emma (laughs) and still continue to eat animals like it was my own personal revelation and yours in whatever way you have revelations are personal to you but this was mine and I literally felt like the biggest hypocrite in the world and I felt like the only way that I could do right by her mm. as silly as that may sound but the only way that I could do right by her was to stop I had to stop eating animals like I had to stop and I knew that it wasn't going to be that easy um, because I ate meat, I ate cheese, I ate eggs, I ate butter, I ate milk. You know, like I, I had all of, I ate all of these things. I loved all of this food. I loved pizza. I loved Mexican food. I loved my coffee. I loved like so many things. Okay, trust me, so many things. And I continued to watch more documentaries. I continued to, di- to dive in, and it turned from a distraction into one of the biggest research explorations that has ever happened in my life um because it opened up a new door in my life her leaving this world in the way that she was opened up a new door for me so that I could become better and I like can never get over how much Emma has made an impact in my life and so if you have an animal and you love them um just know that I understand that love for your pet and if you have more than one, I get that too, trust me. Anyways, okay, back to health and body image. So why am I talking about all of this? Because then I ended up diving in to more. I, documentaries were great, right? But a lot of people have a lot to say about documentaries, even though I will say many of the documentaries that I have watched that um, focus on health and wellness and some of the ideas that aren't that well accepted um, have a lot of studies and facts that I can reference and that I can go into and provide to people if, you know, they really wanted to know, but I, I wanted more. And so I ended up taking, um, going back to college at Cornell and I got, um, some certifications in health and wellness. And really what it is, is it's focused on whole food, plant-based eating. And no, I know that's not a word that a lot of people Here, you don't hear that phrase a lot. A lot of people talk about, right, you're either a meat eater, or you're a vegetarian, or you're a pescatarian, or you're a vegan. So a lot of people call me a vegan. (laughs) And I am not, I don't like that. um, Because it's very stereotypical, it's just another box to put somebody in. Um, my way of life is focused on whole food plant-based eating. And it's because of the information and the studies and the research and the certifications and all of the information that I have learned and continue to learn. And when I learned about, you know, I loved seafood, I loved crab and scallops and shrimp and all of it, right? Calamari, (laughs) trust me. Um, But when I learned how seafood is caught and where it's actually coming from and what kind of impact is actually making on the earth and in our oceans. And we all know I'm a huge ocean lover lover. We talked about that already multiple times. I had to nix that right. When I found out the impact of oil. Now, a lot of people have a lot of opinions, but for me in cardiac, right? My cardiac history that I have in my family and in my body in and of itself, oil is the worst thing that you can consume for turning those genes on because that's one of something really important to understand, right? Caveat pivot. We'll come back to the oil in just a second, but I want to touch on this because this is very important. And this is a fact, this is proven um, by research and science. We all have genes in our bodies that are passed down to us through our families, right? Our bloodline that aren't great. Now we all for example, have cancer cells in our body. We all do, every single person has cancer cells in their body. Now, what's important to understand is, are you activating those genes or are you not activating those genes? Are you turning them on or are you turning them off? And how do you turn on or turn off genes? How do you change the expression of a gene? Well, by its environment, right? The environment that you're in has a massive impact on you. You know, that physically in your body, if you're in a very crowded space and there's a lot of people around, right, it becomes very overwhelming. And you may just kind of need to like take a break. It's just too much environment. It has a massive impact. And so your body is going to react on the environment in which all of your organs and your cells and your genes and your DNA, what, what's li- what is it living in? So what are you feeding yourself? What are you consuming? And it goes even further and beyond that, but those are other episodes that we'll dive into here on the podcast. But what's important to know is that the environment is massive. And so for me, knowing that cardiac runs, cardiac disease runs in my family and runs in my blood, I learned a lot of information about oil and the impacts to your body in oil. And I've cut out 75 to 75% of oil. I do still have oil that I consume in some of the foods that I eat, but not as much as most people eat. And I only know that because you're not aware of how much oil you're eating. You're not aware of how much of the food that you consume has added oil in it to, to make it taste good, right? To, to make it last longer. So oil's out for me. Dairy is also out for me and dairy is out for me because it's like the worst thing, in my opinion. And these are all just in my opinions. If you don't agree with them, that's completely fine. You can fast forward and keep going, but it is the number one carcinogen out there. Dairy, what's found in dairy contains the number one carcinogen, which is the leading carcinogens cause cancer. It is so bad for you. It is so bad for your inflammation. It's so bad for your skin. It's so bad for your gut. We all know about gut health. Everyone's now right an expert on gut health. But it is true, right? Gut health is very, very important. The microbiome that you have, right? All of the, you know, little bugs and little gross things that you think are just nasty that, that actually reside within your gut, right? Like dairy massively impacts your microbiome and your gut health and your microbiome, right? Impact your immune system. So dairy dairy is one of those things for me that like anytime anyone has a conversation with me and they're like oh I couldn't cut all that stuff out I'm like well could you at least cut dairy out because if I can help people feel better by at least cutting out the dairy then I would really feel so much better so much better just in myself because I know that I'm helping other people feel better because I know the impacts that it had on me and dairy was really really hard for me to cut out I cut out me and all this other stuff right like the oil and really it was a lot of just animals, right? I wasn't eating seafood anymore, chicken or steak or any, you know, burgers or getting tacos. Like most people get tacos. Right. Um, But the cheese was really hard for me because I could eat like, you know, like a veggie quesadilla, but I wanted the quesadilla. So I get it. And the reason why it's so hard for people to really let go of dairy is because it sets off the same brain receptors in your head as like cocaine. Seriously, you are addicted to dairy. It is a fact. Like you're addicted to it the same way someone that does coke is addicted to coke. You are like, it's just it's just the chemical reaction inside your brain. That is why it is so hard to stop eating it because you you're craving it. You want it so bad. You want it so bad. And it took me a long time. I would try and I would try and I would try and I would try. And then I would just go go back, right? I would just go get some queso. I'd go, go get, you know, I'd go to Dunkin' Donuts and get an egg and cheese on a bagel. I just wanted something. But I finally was able to do it. I was finally able. I think I was almost like two weeks, two or three weeks that I had gone without having it. And then I went to go to Dunkin' Donuts to get my egg and cheese and um, decided that that just wasn't sounding good to me because I knew what it would do to my body. I knew how I would feel after I ate it. So it was a big change for me. And of course, you know, I cut out the meat. I cut out the meat um, for a lot of reasons. A, because um, it's really hard for, I know um, my body and a lot of our bodies to process meat takes a lot more energy, right? And our bodies are all about conserving energy. Um, and just kind of there's a lot of other impacts and that's not the whole point of this episode is not to dive into teaching you is to just let you know the changes that I made because of information that I learned and because I knew the impact that it had on my body and then I started to learn other things right started to learn the impact that it made on the environment and you know how much of human food goes to feeding the cattle and the chickens and all of these other pigs, right? Like every other animal that is raised for food when that food could be going to actually, you know, the starving children in another country. And I know there's the whole argument, well, you know, they need other things other than like corn and grain in which we, you know, feed these animals. But I think something to eat is better than nothing to eat. And we can work on making, you know, it more of a balanced nutritional plan once they actually have nutrition to eat that's that's what i have to say about that um and then on top of all of that with the animal products it's the animal lover in me to me i felt like a hypocrite i i felt like how can i compare one animal to be better than the other how is a cat better than a dog or a dog better than a cow or a cat better than a pig i mean like pigs are some of the smartest fucking animals out there Seriously, some of the smartest animals on this planet, okay? They they're these they have souls, they have hearts, they have, you know, they're real living, breathing beings. And to me, their life isn't worth my hunger, especially when there's so many other things for me to eat that are actually really, really good for me, especially when I know it's going to help the environmental issues that we have right now especially when I know that I don't need to do that. I don't need to cause suffering so that my stomach can feel better. That's just my perception and my perspective. And then, you know, there's all those GMOs out there. So I'm a very clean eater as well. Um, It's made a really massive impact on my life, making a lot of adjustments to eating organically and keeping organic things within the home. Because health is not just always what we eat, right? It's also the environment that we live in and that we, you know, exist in. And so I a lot of no there are no chemicals in our home. There's no chemical cleaners. There, you know, our toilet paper, our paper towels are clean. I made sure all of my underwear is organic because it's, you know, on some of the most exposed parts of my body. Right, there's a lot of things that go into this new paradigm where i have shifted my life into thinking and into believing what are the choices that i can make today that are best for my body and don't get me wrong right we all still have things that we like to indulge in i'm totally over here again raising my hand i will go through a drive through when i am feeling really really hungry because let's say i'm in premenstruation and i'm just starving And I'll go get an Impossible Whopper from Burger King. I'll go get, you know, a black bean and rice taco from Taco Bell. I'll go get some bow Rounds from Bojangles, (laughs) right? Like there's still things that we can do to make ourselves feel good, but it's in making those informed decisions for ourselves where we really reclaim more and more of our power. And we only are able to make informed decisions when we have more information, especially information that contradicts the beliefs that we currently have. Because you cannot make informed decisions about your health if you don't understand how nutrition plays a major role. I don't know if you've noticed, but many times if you go to the doctor and you go in and you're not feeling well and you cough, they're asking you, you know, what are your symptoms? How are you feeling? And then they write you a prescription and they tell you what to take. And that if you don't feel better in X amount of days to come back. How many times have you gone to the doctor and they have sat there and they have asked you about what your eating habits are? What are you eating? What's your movement practice look like? What's your stress levels in your life? Like, do you chill out? Do you take time for yourself? Do you meditate? Do you center yourself and reground back into like the present moment? Are any of these questions or conversations, how much water are you drinking? What type of water are you drinking? What, what kind of sleep are you getting? Are you getting seven to eight hours every night? Because you have to know that you are the one that's in control of yourself and you are the one that is responsible for yourself. And you are the one that needs to make decisions for yourself. Doctors can't make them for you. Doctors only do what they know. And most doctors, again, another fact, are not trained in nutrition. It's only 20% of schools, medical schools, that offer nutrition programming. And like they're not even required. They're not even required. The curriculum for nutrition in the medical school industry is basically non-existent and has not changed in at least 20 to 30 years. I don't have the stat in front of me, but I know it's at least that long. It's probably longer. I just don't want to give you a false fact. So stop relying on the doctors to tell you what to do. You need to know what to do for yourself. No one knows your body and no one knows your health better than you do. You know what makes you feel good. You know what makes you not feel good. Whether you acknowledge it or not is completely up to you. And yeah, there is a lot of information. I have thrown a lot of information at you. And I'll have other episodes where I can dive into some of this. If it causes interest and some of you are starting to ask questions, I think that this will be, you know, we'll, we'll go into this stuff. We'll dive into this because I'm not going to sit here and hog the information. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to share the information. I'm here to share what I have learned that has made a massive impact on my life, that has changed my life for the better and has made me more me and feeling fuller. But with all of the information out there, you have to remember to take everything with a grain of salt and you have to remember to take it in your life in the way that you know how to integrate it. And if you need assistance in doing that, reach out, get assistance. I can help you if there's, you know, someone else that you feel more connected to in the nutritional realm, reach out to them get connected and have the conversations Because it's when we have the conversations that we're able to learn the information that we may not have known before. And that's how we rebuild the relationship with ourselves. especially with the information that we may not always agree with. We have to be open to questioning things because we are only where we are today because of where we've been and what we've known. And in order for us to change that, we have to learn new information. We have to change things. We have to shift our perspectives we have to love ourselves as we're doing it because it's miserable. Otherwise, it'll be completely miserable if you are still continuously stuck in this diet trap, in this scale obsession life where you're chasing a number because take it from someone who has chased the number, who has achieved the number, the number doesn't fucking mean a thing. I was still not satisfied at 130 pounds. I wasn't. I worked so fucking hard. (laughs) And like, I maintained it for like two weeks. And then I was like, okay, now what? Now what do I do? Because I still like, I still didn't like my arms. and I didn't like, you know, the way my stomach looked. Like I still didn't like things, even though the number was what the number was. I mean, and I was working out. I was, I mean, at that point I was, I had made changes. I was eating a lot better, a lot cleaner, a lot healthier for my body. But I didn't love myself. And I didn't appreciate myself. Like who I was right then and there in this body so like right here and right now you have to love who you are you have to love the body that you have you have to remember that this is the one body that you get and so like think of it as like your temple how are you treating it how are you respecting it how are you loving it and it's important that we have more information and that we don't you know poke fun at other people just because they might be living a different lifestyle than us because trust me I get the vegan jokes all of the time all the time people are poking at me all the time even my parents do it you know oh here she was you know eating meatloaf and then a week later she doesn't eat anything that we cook anymore almost like it was a personal offense and you know I love them and you know I love you guys if you're listening to this right now but like I ain't got nothing to do with you And it's not funny, right? When people make jokes about what we're doing for ourselves, if it's different than what they're doing, it's uncomfortable for them. So they're going to try to pass that energy to you, but own your own energy and manage your own energy and be okay with what you're doing for yourself. Don't worry about what other people are doing because I could crack jokes all day on people who still eat meat, especially people that, you know, I know. And I know certain things about, but that's not, that's not the point. The point isn't to like, make you feel bad. The point is to make you feel good. The point is to feel good all the time, because when each of us feel good, then we emanate that, that energy and it helps other people feel good. I'm not here to like pretend everything's always rainbows and sunshine, but when I am feeling that way, that means that I am in alignment. That means that I am connected to who I really am. And I'm going to highlight those moments. But I'm also not going to bullshit you because you have to be able to build a lifestyle that you can maintain even when people poke at you, even when it's hard to continue to live that lifestyle because it's where you're at or the people that you're around. But when you begin to move and you begin to eat and you begin to act and you begin to live to feel good, and that becomes your main focus then really all of the other stuff just becomes white noise. It's just background. Because you have a goal, you have a focus. And because I know so many of you because I was in this group for so long, still struggle with like really self accepting themselves and not self-sabotaging through binge eating or through drinking or through so many different things. Not even binge eating. Let's just say being obsessed with what you're eating and counting every calorie and macro tracking and weighing your freaking food. Like think about how absurd that is and how much energy you spend on things. At the end of the day, after you've prepared the meal and you've ate the meal, like how do you feel? Did it nourish you? Did it bring you what you were looking for? Did it make you feel better? Because a lot of us eat to live Excuse me, I said that backwards. They a lot of us live to eat instead of eating to live. It's not always about the indulgence. Yes, right? Enjoy some chocolate cake from time to time. Especially, you know, if you're bleeding. Have have your dark chocolate bar, right? Do that because dark chocolate's so good for you when you're menstruating. Anyways. <laughs> What's important is that you feel good with what you're doing for yourself and that it's something that makes you feel good because you're doing it. Because here's the deal, at the end of the day, you do not know how bad you feel until you actually feel good. And I know that from personal experience and I know that from trial and error and from time and time again failing and and getting back up. But you, you can't know what works for you unless you try it. And you don't know what makes you feel good unless you try it. Right. You're you're prejudging something. You're prejudging that eating a whole food plant-based diet can actually work for you, that it's not going to be impossible and so hard and I just can't do it and it's too expensive and it's just not going to taste good. You can make all of those excuses for yourself. And you can continue to tell yourself, oh, I need to do this, or you know, like I, I can never give up meat, or you know, cheese is just too good for too, too good. I just can't. I just can't do that. Like, I love my coffee and you can't convince me to put anything but milk, real milk from a cow in it. Okay, sure. But like, how good do you feel right now? How good do you feel after you eat that? Does your stomach bother you? Are you cranky? Can you go to sleep? Do you have cramps? Are you temperamental? You're... Health, your nutrition, your lifestyle, the way you eat plays such a massive role in everything in your life. And when you can break free of being so obsessed over what you're eating and over the scales and the numbers and fitting into all the cultures and the groups and the diets and following them to a T, and when you can build a life that is for you to feel good, then you've hit gold. then you're really unstoppable because when you feel good, everything feels good and that's what we're all here for. That is what we are here for. All here for my words today. Mm -mm -mm. We just moved into Aquarius today. It is the 20th. Yes, I am recording this on the day of release. That is just the way divine timing worked for us this week and you know what? I flow with it because everything is always working out for me. And I am just so happy that you were here and that you stayed. I know we're probably almost at an hour. I told you this was gonna be kind of long and I still feel like I might've missed a few things, but you know, that's what this podcast is here for. I can always come back and elaborate on the conversation afterwards, but thank you. Thank you again for being here, for giving your energy and your time to listening to this podcast and being with me. I really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to dig in to any of the information that I touched on, you know, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram in Living Free Being Me XO. Don't be a stranger. I'm a real human and I love to talk and share the love and to share the information. So if anything here sat well with you, if you resonated, if there's something here that someone may need to hear that is in your life, please share. That's how we spread the word. That's how we all get better because we learn more information and we challenge what we know so that we can make informed decisions and so that we can feel really good. And if you really loved it, leave a review. I'd love it. That'd be great. That helps podcasts reach more people. And I really just, that is my goal to reach more people, to help them feel good and to help you feel good. So have a flipping fantastic Friday. I am sending you my love. And until next time, have an amazing day.